I voted and didn't get a sticker. <gasps> oh, why didn't you get a sticker? They didn't offer me one. I didn't no. see any. I was in a new polling place. I didn't know what to do. It was in a church, but there was no one selling food, no one selling baked goods, no one selling crafts. I was like, where am I? Where's my old polling place? They used to <laughs> have all sorts of treats for me. I always thought that was weird that there were people selling stuff because I've <laughs> never experienced that. Oh, you des- you described it last time, I think. Yeah. I, I went back to my old polling place just to get a breakfast sandwich and some treats. <laughs> <laughs> Only place we get at our polling place is tracts from the local church. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the only guilt I felt was when I got there. One of the Williamsport mayoral candidates was there and he's like, here's my card. Vote for me. And I was like, ah, I'm going <laughs> to vote for Canadian bacon on my sandwich. And that's it. <laughs> I didn't feel too bad because it was... Someone I wouldn't have voted for anyway. Mm. His his slogan was, had been proven false too many times across the country. And in, in my own mind, I knew it was wrong. He was one of these, you know what we need? We need this guy because he's a local businessman. And this city needs to be run like a business. And I was like, oh. let me stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, a.k.a. the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, for Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. I didn't put a pause in there. Now I'm thinking of whether or not I'm going to be able to th- throw in the eagle sound and have it make any <laughs> In any case, my name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. This is Ian. And we are missing someone. Uh, Jared told me about 10 minutes before we were going to record, uh, he powered up his system and ploosh! Power supply failure. So if you don't know, we do not record this in one room in a studio. We record in our individual uh, houses in uh, separate parts of the of the state. And um, yeah, Jared's not going to be able to be with us due to severe technical difficulties. So I'm just hoping he can get it replaced this week. Mm. Uh, so on this podcast, uh, we will talk about news, politics, and religious nonsense and give you our opinions from a secular point of view. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can join us live by going to our Patreon page and signing up. That will give you access to Discord, our Discord channel, where we record, and you can chat with us there and uh, be included on the show. Much like our patrons, Jeff and Grinch. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, If you can't do that, you can still post to our Facebook page or tweet to us, and we will comment on things that are posted there uh this week i've got some halloween myths and a scaramucci prediction (laughs) but first uh we didn't get to this last week and i thought i'd just bring it up real quick the pope has declared i'm sure that you're aware uh, ian especially you like conspiracy theories i love them (laughs) you're aware of the vatican secret archive no tell me more (laughs) so it's always been called the secret archive i think it's like uh archivus secretum or something like that is what it is in latin Latin. not italian latin yeah that makes sense 
the name is being changed because Pope Frank does not like how secret it sounds, the name. <laughs> so he's changing it to the Vatican Apostolic Archive. Oh. <laughs> and, and to be honest, according to what I read this week, it's really not that secret. Like, there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories around it. Uh, it was included in that movie, the, uh, the Tom Hanks movie. Um, sure. Da Vinci Code. That's what yep. it is. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, angels and demons? No. Angels and demons? No. <laughs> angels and demons? No. Just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that was the sequel, right? Sure. That was... But I knew that's where you weren't going, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, it's not actually that secret. Turns out there are different people who study different archaeology or history stuff. They allow people to go in there and reference uh, the different things that are kept in the archive anyway. So it's not really all that secret. And he's changing the name. Now, I think it was Grinch that actually brought this to my attention about it. So hopefully I'm not missing anything that he wanted to point out. But if I am, he can tell me right now. <laughs> but in any case, it's just a, a name change so that it doesn't sound all creepy and Vatican secrety. So uh, what kind of, I mean, it has millions of documents in it, but what kind of documents? I mean, is it all religious documentation or is it, you know, science to, to be hidden away and with the other stuff? To my understanding, most of it is record keeping that was kept by officials in the Vatican. Hmm. So anything that the Pope does, anything that's important to the Catholic Church gets written down and <laughs> I, I nearly said it just out of habit, secreted away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's the, the Pope poop log. Okay, got it. Yeah. Weird. Hopefully not. Although, probably. <laughs> he is the vicar of Christ, so we have to know everything he does. <laughs> Sorry, I, I felt like there was a holy shit joke in there somewhere, but I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. Thanks. <laughs> okay, apart from that, I did want to mention this. Uh, we're going to quickly move into politics. As we so do. Ac according to Jay Ambrose, who is, well... He's an op-ed columnist for the McClatchy Tribune. He's fairly right-leaning. But according to him, he made a comment that because there can be, according to secularists, there can be no objective morality. What? You can't have – if you believe in God, right, you hmm. believe in an objective morality, that God determines what is moral and what is not. You don't have to look at each individual thing that a person has done and subjectively determine whether or not it's moral. There's an objective morality that can be applied throughout all things. But since secularists do not have a God to impose an objective morality, everything has to be subjective, right? You have to take everything into account. And for some reason, that's, that's bad for him, I guess. Interesting. So he says that since secularists tell us that objective morality cannot be true, uh, he says, you, you wonder if you've ever heard of the philosopher who asked if it's sometimes okay to torture a baby to death for the fun of it. Because since there's no objective morality, who's, who's to say that, that that's not or that that's wrong? Uh, that seems just to be a corny, uh, nonsensical leap. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. take your objective morality from the laws of the land. I mean, uh, torturing a baby is against the law. So why can't you use that as your objective reality, objective morality yardstick? Because everything is all or nothing. Yeah. 
to take his argument, how can you possibly say that it's the law? How do you come up with this law if you don't have an objective morality? It goes back to the, if you're an atheist, where do you get your morals from kind of argument. Right. I, I guess, I, I don't understand why torturing a baby can't be bad, even though there's Inherently. no God. Yeah. <laughs> right. It seems like there's a black and white mentality, like either there's something on one side or it's on the other, and there's no in-between. And as it turns out... There's a whole lot of it between here when you're talking about morality. Sure. Torturing a baby for fun falls on the dark side of humanity, <laughs> quite clearly. And I don't know why it has to be like a black and white mentality where if, if there's no God telling you what's right or wrong, that you just won't know. It, it's so easy to say that, no, we have empathy. We have we, we've grown up in a society. We know that our actions affect other people. We have collectively, as a society, determined the, the the proper way to behave around each other, and that's what our laws are. Why can't that be the source of objective morality? You don't need a sky wizard to send down the laws on stone tablets to know. Th we we have another method. <laughs> that's that's so. It's just a strange argument. And yet, that's the argument that he made in the Colombian. Like, like Jeff says, subjective morality doesn't mean there's that nothing. That there's nothing that is bad. But he does say, but if you, you know, if you're torturing a baby for profit, then, you know, there's some subjectivity there. In wow. any case. Yeah, it's that's just, just, this is weird and unnecessary. That whole, the whole statement by that, whoever that gentleman was. I think it's a, you know, haha, I got you there, atheists. And yeah. No. No, no, Did you, though? really didn't. Because he thinks his morality, he thinks his morality stems from a divine source. It is inherently superior, but it's, it's not. We have, a, as a society, have determined what our moral system is. And that is better, in my opinion. I think mm. that the church has questionable morals in many cases. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they rape a lot of kids. They really, really do. Yeah. And cover it up. That's within the secret archives. Yeah, probably. So while we're on stupid arguments, uh, there was a Tucker Carlson interview with Dave Rubin. <laughs> wow. A lot of lot of brain activity in that room. Um, Is Dave Rubin someone I should have heard of? Uh, to be honest, I don't have Dave Rubin's background in, in front of me and wish Jared were here because I'm sure he does. Uh, okay. Intellectual dark web. Yeah, dark Full web. Yeah, full-time right-wing hack. Okay. So he said he's been living in L.A. at the moment, and he's talking about the wildfires going on around Los Angeles. And he talks about that uh, Southern California might be the most beautiful part of the United States. That's, that's pretty subjective. Um, <laughs> the problem right now is that everything from academia to public utilities, politics, everything goes woke. And that buys into this ridiculous progressive ideology that cares about what contractors are LGBTQ or how many black firemen we have or white this or Asian that. And everything goes down the road of class warfare and everything breaks down. And imagine if your house is on fire. Do you care what, what color the guy is that comes to put your fire out or, or the race of the contractor that they brought in or the, the gender or sexuality? Of, it's, it's just ridiculous. Okay, can somebody explain to me how he's Blaming the wildfires on diversity, on yeah, on diversity. I, yeah, I, I don't. It's... Wait, did he just follow up his own like fake explanation with with the actual solution? <laughs> was that was that were you were you quoting him up until the very end there, Ray? Yes, yes, I was. Yeah, nobody. 
I know you led into this, Dave Rubin, with your completely ridiculous claims. Nobody cares what their firefighter race, gender, opinion on LGBT. No one. No one. You're correct. No one cares about that. I know you claimed that they do a minute ago, but <laughs> they don't. Some no what no one cares about a, a contractor's ethics when attempting to rebuild from an emergency. Well, you know? I, th- there are probably some white supremacists out there that care, but we don't care what they ah, want. <laughs> maybe, and maybe on the other side, you know, I, I, one, I feel like this is an emergency situation, hmm. so that there are different standards. You know, if I'm if I'm having my uh, you know my my three season room refinished, and I get a quote from a guy who says, "Oh." Why don't we put the windows on this side so you don't have to look at your black neighbors? I'll be like, you're probably not the guy for me. (laughs) If, however, Southern California is engulfed fully in flames and he's trying to build some shelters for some people, you go nuts, dude. I think what he's trying to say is because, and Grinch kind of summed it up here, because California has become so woke that they're not able to handle the environmental stuff uh, and that's why the wildfires are, are out of control. Oh, that's absurd. Not yeah. because, you know, natural has occurrences and <laughs> has nothing to heavy do with winds. Wind and... conditions and dry. <laughs> well, and the f- <laughs> they haven't cle- cleaned the forest floor. So, I mean, that's right. really not, the problem. Not, yeah, not enough raking. It's all that leaf litter. <laughs> he did do that again, by the way. He tweeted that again. <laughs> it sounds like something he would do. Yeah. Mr. Trump is who you're referring to. Yeah, yes. he's a he's a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. All right. Speaking of Trump, and since we're on people who st- say stupid things, yeah, Paula White is uh-huh. now in the White House. What's her role? Who really knows? Uh, she is now in the office of public liaison, and the White House is it, yeah. She's working in the White House now. She's gone from personal pastor to the president which again whatever that's supposed to mean (laughs) um that that doesn't mean anything in any other administration but now she has been given a role in the white house and i think what that means is she's been hired on and is now officially part of the administration even though she's not going to change anything that she does yeah well again that's that that is why she is there she is it's you know, the election cycle is, is revving up again, yep. and he needs to pander to the evangelical base, so she got a promotion. Right. Yeah. Well, and she's being, uh, I'm assuming she's collecting a paycheck now, as before she wasn't. Right. So it's our tax dollars uh, at work. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Part of, part of the deal. Yeah. She gets dollars, he gets votes, which will then turn into dollars for him. I wonder what they actually talk about in private. They do not speak in private. <laughs> Trump and Paula White? Yes. Yeah, yeah, probably nothing. I, I mean, she's supposedly heads up the one like prayer thing that they have in the in the White House, but Trump never attends, according to what we heard previously. Sure, sure. I mean, your personal pastor to the Trump to, to President Trump. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I would love to hear those conversations. I mean, what did they talk about? You know, tax breaks and making sure that the the evangelical prosperity gospel churches can maintain the the money coming in. It has to yeah, be along probably. those lines. There's no way they talk about the Bible. No. Trump could not possibly keep an interest in that. What did he say? Corinthians number four or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two Corinthians. <laughs> Two Corinthians, right. <laughs> Two Corinthians walk into a bar. 
Uh, meanwhile, we uh, have also something, an article about Mike Pompeo, who is mm. Secretary of State, who has been mentioned in the news and by us several times for crossing church-state separation. He has done things that uh, he launched the Commission of Unalienable Rights. It was created by conservatives who don't like LGBTQ equality. <laughs> In October, he did the uh, Being a Christian Leader speech. We talked about that previously. And now he has created a new, uh, a completely new State Department first ever, a faith-based affinity group. He's called it GRACE. And that's all capitals, although apparently it's not an acronym or they're not sharing. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know why it's in all caps. Uh, The group is founded to highlight the value added by the perspective of people of faith in general, and Christians in particular, to the department and its mission. That's in quotes. So that's their reason for founding it, to highlight Christians in particular. Well, yeah, grace inspires to emulate Jesus's love and respect for all people, regardless of their background or religion. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So you it's know, all about Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, no matter what Jesus. your religion is. <laughs> secular Jesus on his secular cross, <laughs> including everybody. Yeah. Ah, that guy's a good guy. <laughs> At least he's getting wrapped up in the whole impeachment thing. Holy smokes, is he an obvious co-conspirator? Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, according to the, the testimony that came out today, he specifically has been lying about you know, about the arms being withheld, the aid being withheld to Ukraine. Right. Uh, he definitely knew. Anything was, come of it? Who knows? And are we going to talk about that um, in, in general, or is this the, the, the opportunity to talk about Sonderland and the revelations of his testimony today? Yeah, that's kind of my lead-in. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, t- today, uh, Ambassador Sonderland, um, what would you say, uh, amended amended his testimony with a document saying, oh, yeah, quid pro quo. Absolutely. Yes, there there was some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot. Reading of the other people's testimony reminded me that, oh, yeah, we, we, we did quid pro quo. That's right. <laughs> Reading the other people's testimony and realizing that I specifically lied to you reminded me that I shouldn't do that, and that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Curiously, right after he changed his lawyer, because his uh, previous lawyer was Sekulow <laughs> and is no longer. Oh, so so he got a better lawyer and was like, "Yeah, if you want to get out from under this, <laughs> well, you need to change it up now, buddy." Yeah, either that or the 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 game has changed again. We're on the phase of yes, there was quid pro quo, but that's okay because it's not illegal. We might well, be on that yeah, phase. Yeah, they've now. already started transitioning that, so I I think that is the case. Mm. And it's fine. They can and they're try also that. transitioning to the. Not only was uh, is that not illegal, but also the president wasn't involved with it whatsoever. Mm. Right. <laughs> Despite the fact, <laughs> Despite the fact that he said it verbatim At, on his perfect phone call with the transcript. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Uh, um, what was it? Where were they in Kentucky yesterday? He flew somewhere to do a political event, and all the people behind him on camera had uh, white T-shirts that said "Read the transcript." <laughs> right. Well, that's that's what he says. You're not allowed to wear. Those sorts of things at one of his rallies. No, he provided them. That's his argument. He wants people to read the transcript because he thinks it exonerates him. Boy, has he read the transcript? (laughs) Holy smokes. Like, the transcript, even the edited version that they released that was somehow 
which alarms me that it has that if that version is less awful than the real version. Yeah. And that version is 100% damning. Like I read yes. the transcript and I was like ironclad. This <laughs> is done. No matter what else you add to this, you have to explain to me how this isn't illegal. Like if the even if you're part if you're like Trump and you don't fully understand what a whistleblower is or what a whistleblower does. <laughs> Let's say that the whistleblower was a disgruntled Democrat who is the husband of one of the women that has accused Trump of sexual abuse. <laughs> Fine. Absolutely. That's who it is. 100%. <laughs> You've still confessed to all of these things in the investigation, and they are all absolutely crimes. Yep. And he did it again and during Chopper Talk, asked China to investigate the Bidens. So, yes, he he, he has absolutely- <laughs> He was just joking, Karen. Come on. You can't take the president serious when he talks, <laughs> you know, when he tells you things on camera. During a, a press, whatever the Chopper Talk is thing is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing that makes me craziest of all is that I still think 100% that the he's not going to get convicted. Oh, he, well, he can't. He, he yes. You are correct. Right. There's, yeah, no, no, oh, yeah, no, no part of the impeachment process is about guilt or innocence. It's it's purely about strength of party. There's nothing functional about the system of government that we use to run the United States. Currently, yeah. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. The only possible positive outcome of the impeachment is that the demands for everything to be public will expose people to truths that they have otherwise been shielded from. Yeah, my experience tells me that a lot of the people that are still telling, the, you know, the, are still on the oh, Trump no, train. Oh, no, not those people. Yeah. Those people will never change. Right. They're those, never going those to people, see. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the poll today that, like, 76% of Trump supporters all agree that there is nothing he can do mm. to lose their support, which is fine. I feel like there was a time not too long ago where their numbers, again, I don't have any poll numbers, but I would say, I know they made lots of jokes about it on Saturday Night Live. You know, eight years ago, I would say 99% of black voters would agree that there is nothing Barack Obama <laughs> could have done to make them lose their support. Fortunately, he wasn't a criminal. He was a good person and everything worked out for us. Yeah. But- this is not the case now, but the same sort of situation is true. <laughs> nope, I'm hoping that there are enough people who, you know, either don't know and need more information because they just intentionally don't expose themselves to the to the news on a, a regular basis, or all the people who were, I don't know, skeptical about Clinton or blah, 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 emails, hmm. or uh, I'm going to abstain, are aware of the mistake grave, grave mistake that they made last time and having a public trial of the President of the United States to expose the fact that he is, in fact, committing treasonous crimes almost 100% of the time, mm -hmm. you know, has it has to impact somebody. Yes. It has to. Is it enough? I guess is the question. I well, hope so. <laughs> we'll see. But while we were talking about this, Jeff posted in Discord that uh, if, you, if you're thinking, is it possible, is it possible that Kentucky now has a Democratic mayor again? Yes, it hey. is. Are you sure he's not a governor? Governor. What did I say? A mayor. 
Wow. Governor. There's the a little bit of difference. States don't have mayors. <laughs> um, that got- is almost uh, – if it weren't actually happening, I would have. I would call you a liar. <laughs> Not by a whole lot. 6,000 votes, and considering it's Ooh. like 710,000 to 704,000, it's not, not wow, much, but... Yeah, uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up. That's uh, There's there's going to be a lot of uh, recounts before that mm, is final. That is true. But yeah, Jeff, again, Jeff with the, uh, the good point. Mm. Kentucky, Trump won Kentucky by 30%. So that's got to be... Democrat shift here. So, so, yeah, I mean... That's the kind of thing that gives me hope for... An impeachment. I mean, it's only like 0.1% hope. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. No, again, don't yeah. don't even get that high. But I You're mean, correct. But I mean, the, the, the Republicans in the Senate, the uh, I, I think at this point, the only reason they are still towing the line is that they think that they can't get reelected and they can't get, you know, sponsorship and, you know, big piles of money if they stop. But things like this will make them second guess them that decision. When the Democrats and when people are people, when the people start to turn against them, they'll start to second guess that decision. I I hope. Um, I mean, I think I mean, we were talking. Karen and I were talking about this earlier. The fact that a, a lot of people are not crossing Trump because they don't want to get primaried. Right. But if they think they're going to lose because General. they're behind Trump, it it makes sense that they could you know actually. Step up. And again, we, we saw a guy today, a, a Democrat, a senator, I forget his name, but he, he was one that you don't really hear from much. And he was talking about the fact that behind the scenes, not in front of a camera, not on the floor, he talks to Republicans all the time and they're all like, yeah, I, I can't understand why Trump is doing this. Like, we can't stay behind this. And they're talking about how it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a big problem and, th- but at the same time, when they're in front of a camera or on the floor, they still back him. Right. And I yeah. think I think it's because they they're afraid of getting primaried. That yeah. Well, that money didn't. Am I wrong to believe that Trump came out and said mm. that if you vote to, uh, you know, if a vote to acquit equals this much campaign money for you? Yes, he's bribing them all. Yeah. Like openly. Yes. Or or more specifically, if you vote to impeach me, you will get zero dollars because I run the party. Right. So yeah, he's he's um, bribing, threatening all of them. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. The the number of um, you know, representatives, Republican representatives that have retired. I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me. This year is becoming quite a high number. Yeah, it's very much so. Right. It's disheartening that they are you know turning tail and running instead of fighting back. But right. Unfortunately, what that means is, in some cases, they're getting replaced by people who are definitely on Trump's side. Mm. Right. Significantly so th- worse. The chance but, of an impeachment doing anything is less right. likely. But they're not incumbents. Incumbents have an, an unnatural uh, advantage in this country, and these people won't be incumbent, incumbents. So it, it, True. It, it helps a little bit. Yeah. Oh, right. But now I'm with Ray. It, 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 makes, it, it makes it worse. They're, because they're getting swept up in this other – I don't want to call it a movement because that makes it sound positive. <laughs> this, this discussion that if you don't – fully toe the line and agree with every crime Trump commits, then, oh, they're a Republican in name only. Mm. No, stop that. <laughs> stop. That's the wrongest thing you could do. That's not even English that I'm using. I'm so appalled by that. <laughs> like, the idea that you can't be a loyal member of the Republican Party and a good member of the Republican Party and 
have any divergence from the absolute lunacy that mm. is this Trump White House and his little legion of doom that yeah. he's creating. It's just whoa, wholly unacceptable to me. Mm. Agreed. Whole, that that was so many. To, I I mean, I heard it. I even heard it at the polls this morning, and that's it's one of the reasons that motivated me to check things in the opposite direction. Uh, I heard them at the debates. They say they're Republican, but everything out of their mouth sounded like a Democrat. I was like, stop, stop. That's just, that's irresponsible. Yeah. But if you you even sound like a Democrat, you lose voters. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, man. You have to be fully evil, not just partially evil. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Not the Diet Coke of evil. Yeah. (laughs) Not your typical run-of-the-mill villains. You have to be super villains. Yeah. Yeah. So Trump is still having a bad week in addition to the impeachment stuff and people, <laughs> one of his big backers coming back and saying, oh, did I say no quid pro quo? I, I meant yeah, definitely there was. In addition to all that, a court has ordered his uh, accounting firm to turn over his tax returns to New York. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. so that'll be going I to think. the Supreme Court. That's that's exactly the next step. But. I'm I'm curious to hear what their argument is, because when you go to the Supreme Court, you can't just say, we don't like their decision, we want you to rule. You actually have to have a, a legitimate reason. You have to have a, well, they violated the constitutional law by doing X, Y, or Z. Do you really, in this court? I, I You may. Uh, like I, uh, Gorsuch <laughs> has surprised me on how how much of a stickler he has been over this sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Kavanaugh, no. I, uh, yeah. But the others... It's so th- funny. <laughs> he did turn out to be the human turd everybody expected, <laughs> but Neil Gorsuch is almost like a for real judge. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Not quite, but almost. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. I said almost. Yeah. He's, he's still way too religious and way too pro-corporation, but... Right, but there are elements. <laughs> yeah, there's elements, yeah. He gets he gets a little bit of slack, not a lot. I, 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 I vastly prefer him to... Both Kavanaugh mm. and Thomas. Mm. Yes, agreed. Is that his name? The guy who never votes on anything and is horrible? Pubic hairs in the Coke? <laughs> Long Dong Silver, am I thinking of the right guy? You I, are. I, I believe so, yes. Okay. I was like, I, I can't remember the justice's name right now. It's somewhere else. <laughs> Clarence Thomas, that Clarence. is his name. Yeah, Good job, me. Cell <laughs> <So> five. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to stay ahead of where we were going. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, uh, but do you yeah. have so uh, what? One thing that was on our local uh, uh, election ballot, I wanted to talk about briefly. Oh yeah, since we were here. talking about elections, yes. Yeah, since we're talking about elections, so we had this thing on ours. The um, was it the Victims' Rights Bill, Marcy's Law? I think it's called. Correct. That was on Correct. the Pennsylvania. On, on both of those things, it was in Pennsylvania. That was on mine as well. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's in the courts at the moment, and they're not currently going to be counting the results, but it was an interesting question because I was looking at my sample ballot over the weekend, and I thought, well, what the heck is that? On the face of it, it sounds like a good thing, victims' rights. But yeah. I, but I Googled it anyway because I thought, eh, I'm suspicious. <laughs> and good it, choice. Yeah. And it turns out the, like the uh, ACLU and others are fighting against it, and I thought, oh, well, curious. That's a, that's a group that um, I support. Why are mm-hmm. they fighting against it? And – the argument they make is kind of twofold, which I thought was an interesting argument. So on the face of it, yeah, the, the victim's right sounds like a good thing, except that the overwhelming power in the equation when you're talking about somebody that's been arrested for a crime is in favor of the state. So that's why we have um, – that's why accused have rights. 
and some of the rights that we're attributing to victims now are stomping on those rights. Right. And so, as an yeah. example, if if you had somebody who came up and said they they claimed that they were raped, mm. this would add many things to them rights to them that would prevent the accused from gathering more information, from gathering evidence. Uh, you know, to defend themselves. It basically would take away some of the rights of somebody who was accused in order to give more credibility and more rights to the quote-unquote victim. And victim is very loosely defined as well. Exactly. Victim is not just the person who was specifically harmed, but it is um, anybody else that was also harmed by the, the purported act. Um, in some of the cases of uh, Marcy's Law in other states, it is um, any relative of the person who is affected. Correct. In Pennsylvania, it was a little narrower than that, but not by a lot. So it was an it was an interesting you know wander down into uh, what they put on our ballot and how deceptive the question actually is. And I was curious, you know, if we are all in agreement that it's not a good thing. <laughs> I th I think so. I mean, because it, uh, one thing in the way it was worded, it's way too general. Yeah. Like the the right to full and timely restitution as provided in law. Well, that sounds good. Uh, the right to proceedings free from unreasonable delay. Well, of course, you don't want the victim to have this long, drawn-out court trial, except does that mean the accused is not going to be able to appeal as many times? Or they have limitations to how long they have to appeal? Like, it's it, fairly broad in how, how it could be applied. Right. It assumes every time that the person accused is guilty and puts the person that is accusing above them as a part of the constitution of the state. Right. There 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 were just yeah. I mean there's a reason it's 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 being tied up in the courts right now. Right. There was a lot more to it. Yes. You're it's not it, it definitely came from a good place, hmm. but it is not well written and it is not well put together. At, I mean even on a a much like all these things that we've just examined now, I think are are even you know even more severe flaws in the plan because you know even when it was first pitched like i don't know kelsey Grammer comes on my tv and says victims deserve to be informed when their attackers or when they're you know the people who who hurt them are going to be paroled and so do their family and i'm like all right that's not the worst thing i've ever heard but like even at that level i feel like you're capable of getting that information mm. what this says is Eh, I could get that information, but I want the state to do it for me. Right. I want you guys to pay someone to inform me because I don't want to inform myself. Mm. And I'm like, come on, dude, that's and taxes. If you, and if you were really concerned about it, you would be paying attention. Yeah. Right. So it could be, it needs work. It does need work. And a lot of the things that are in Norsey's Law are actually state laws currently. I mean, a lot of those right. things already exist, but they're not in the constitution of the state. And they're trying to add it to the constitution, which changes the formula of how it can be enforced. And some of the some of the components of it, I think, would be fine. Other components are not. And that's one of the um, ACLU's primary arguments is, is that you can't add things to the constitution in you know, a bullet list. It has to be individual. So if you want to add um, victims' rights, number one, put it to a vote. Victims' rights number two, put that to a vote. And I think the, the answer would be different because some of the yeah. things would be would be fine. And I don't think anybody would have an argument with them, but you can't lump them all together. My really right. big thing against this is the way that it is worded on the ballot. Mm. I am with Ray. I, I So if you were to take – so it, 
I don't have the ballot in front of me, but and it's pretty long in any case, but it basically said, this is for the rights of the victim. It it does, uh, you know, it gives the victim the ability to do this. It gives the, the victim uh, the opportunity to do that. Let's, instead of the word victim, just put in the word accuser. Because the person is accusing another person of, of committing a crime. Let's do, have it the exact same wording, except replace victim with accuser and mm. see how that goes out in, on the ballot. And right. you'll see the disparity between using the word victim. People see victim and think, oh, the victim should have everything because they were right. a victim. Right. Well, not necessarily. We're, we're talking about pre-trial, pre-being convicted. Right. So, Innocent until proven guilty, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. I just, in, I don't remember how many votes ago it was, but this is where I became aware of, you know, how intentionally misleading that they seem to be allowed to be. Mm. There was a vote that, oh, the ballot just said, do you think the judicial retirement age, mm-hmm. I think it was in PA. Yep. Should, what was it? Should should be 70 or should be 75? I, or like, do you think, do you think the, do you think the retirement age the judicial retirement age in Pennsylvania should be 70, I think it was. Right. And I was working the polls and everybody's like, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I was like, no, <laughs> the current age is 65. Right. You're being fooled into making it five years later because judges are somehow special. The rest of the people of the world are retiring at 65. Judges, they should be able to make <laughs> to decide the fate of everybody in, the, in this state, but they should be able to get as old as they want. Uh, I was just, I was outraged. It's like, it's an outright lie on a ballot. Right. Mm. But because people don't pay attention and people don't look ahead, I've made it a habit now to look at the sample ballots and look at the questions ahead of time, because I don't know what I would have said. You're sitting in there, you got, you know, there's no pressure to finish quickly, but I don't want to stand there looking at this, this thing, seeing proposed constitutional amendment and not know what it's asking me. Right. I don't know how I would have answered it. And you could easily think, well, judges currently don't have an age limit, so obviously I want to put an age limit on. Right. Not right. know the that what one. they're actually doing is extending the age limit. Right. Right. Yeah, that was so shady. And this 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 um Marcy's, Marcy's law. law is even even shadier. Right. And I understand where it's coming from. I think that the, you know, vic- I think that when you victims' rights are important, I think, but uh, most of it already exists and you're you're going too far. Right. People do get accused incorrectly on a, on a pretty regular basis the whole you know the whole that is one of the things that makes america unique is the innocent until proven guilty we have to preserve that yeah definitely that that's not something you get in every other country it's important as flawed as, as it is in this country it's at least better than a lot of other places don't whittle it away okay i am going to pivot back to trump though because that's where yeah. my stories were leading <laughs> okay I, I have to mention this if you haven't seen it before, the, the tweet that Trump put out. So what he tweeted was, if Schiff, I, I might skip a few words, but if Schiff, who, was a, who is a corrupt politician, who fraudulently claimed mm-hmm. that I said on the call, uh, is it, who fraudulently made up what I said on the call, is allowed to release these transcripts of the never Trumpers and the other people that were interviewed and change the words that were said. Republicans should give their own transcripts of the interviews to contrast shifts, manipulated propaganda. House Republicans must have nothing to do with Shifty's rendition of these interviews. He's basically telling Republicans, change the words on the transcripts from the impeachment hearings and put out what you think they should be. 
Mm. Now, the transcripts that Schiff's putting out are transcripts as opposed to what the White House put out as the, the call to Ukraine. Uh, the things that Schiff put out, there are transcribers that are people paid word for word. Here's the transcript. You can tell because it's like 500 pages long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm sure somebody has the time to read it, but I certainly haven't. I mean, there were two two transcripts put out that were 500 pages long. It's a lot to it's a lot to take in. But he's saying, yeah, change the wording in this and make it so that uh, so that I look good. Right. He's calling on Republicans to lie for him publicly, and some of them will. I mean, it, it's the whole um, what's it called? Not reflection. I mean, he says th- he says the things that um, he accuses other people of doing what he does. Projection. Thank you. Projection. I mean, this this is taking it one step further because he's instructing other people to do it as well. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing that really worries me about this. Things like that. I mean, he's openly calling for Republicans to change transcripts and put out falsehoods. What else is he willing to do? And that terrifies me. <laughs> it appears to be unlimited. Yeah, it does. But it's it's slow and incremental and just a little nibble at a time. Right. I don't know. Maybe if it, you got to keep it just, uh, you know, a slow dribble. That way people, quote unquote people, his base doesn't catch on. I don't, I don't know. Well, no, it, we're just, you You exhaust the people that are you're, you're fighting against. Every day there's some new atrocity, but it's small and it's incremental. And when the big ones hit, they quickly get overwhelmed by the next big one. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it is exhausting being enraged all this amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it definitely can be. I usually stop thinking about it after we do this podcast until sometime over the weekend. So, <laughs> but then you get the alert on, on your on your phone that says atrocity, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> can I have one day of peace, please? <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm going to call on Ian. You because you yes. like conspiracy theories. <laughs> I, I don't hate him. <laughs> um, so this came up on Keep Track. On Reddit, uh, again, it's a great place to you know keep track of everything going on in Trump world. But this is a a somewhat of a conspiracy theory around Jared Kushner, and I want to get your take on it. So uh, this guy <laughs> in in October, Kushner went to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, and he met right. with the Crown Prince, what uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, mm-hmm. and he he spoke with him, and this was just. Days before Khashoggi was arrested in in Turkey, and in theory, the the theory is that Kushner went there and spoke with the Saudi royals about who was disloyal to the crown prince, and supposedly Kushner signed off on the arrest of several people and said that the U.S. is not going to do anything. He gave permission to the Saudis to arrest Khashoggi in particular, but he was among, you know, a few others. Uh, The Turkish intelligence intercepted the call, intercepted a call with Kushner, and President Erdogan then used that information to force Trump to remove his troops from northern Syria. So Erdogan found out about the fact that Kushner said it was okay to arrest Khashoggi. Khashoggi got murdered and mutilated. And when Erdogan could then use this information against Trump because he knew that Trump would want to protect his son-in-law. Now, along with this, there's a piece of information that the Emirate Crown Prince uh, was bragging that Kushner was, quote-unquote, in his pocket. 
Hmm. Um, publicly. Sure. <laughs> I've, I don't have any real reason to doubt this. <laughs> so apparently this was mostly from uh, like one source. It has not been verified in any way. And it seems, uh, I can't say it seems incredulous. It doesn't. It, it's totally impossible. <laughs> it seems far-fetched and yet so possible. <laughs> With everything else that's going on, it, if there was some other evidence that came up that we basically allowed thousands of Kurds to die because Trump had to protect Kushner from public scorn. Yeah, I I believe it. Oh, yeah. Again, I don't have any proof, so I can't support this theory, but I will, I will uh, you know, I'm not going to make any move to say that that is completely implausible. Hmm. Such a crazy story, though. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's all the pieces fit. Uh, you know, the, the characters, I, I could believe any of them saying it. So, wow. <laughs> all right. I just wanted to bring it up. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So I Tell mentioned this at the beginning. Scaramucci uh, <laughs> said that he, he predicted the moment that GOP senators, including Mitch McConnell, would turn on Trump. He oh. says that if the impeachment numbers swing up and get into the low 60s, 60% or more uh, saying that they would support him being removed from office, that these guys would flip, that hmm. the senators would flip, and yeah. they would be willing to vote Trump out of office. <laughs> I mean, the numbers have definitely been climbing. I wonder if the trajectory trajectory will hold. For Someone help me here. Hmm. <laughs> this is Anthony Scaramucci who said this? Yes. And we're we're gonna put we're gonna put stock in in his ability, <laughs> his foresight. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking he just pulled that number out of his ass. Um, he totally made this up. No, I think he's probably got somewhat of a point. I don't, you know, debate his numbers, but I think that there he's right that there's a there's a number in there somewhere where you know with the population of the of the of the voting public says that Trump needs to go, that they will make the political calculation to stop being behind him. I think that's true. I don't know what the number is. Do, do you think that's true, Ian? Because I'm thinking that? that Trump is in office. The longer they can keep him in office, the more judges they can get put into place, the more yeah. they can be in control. Yep. I don't. I think the number would have to be like 100%. <laughs> if 100% of the public... Uh, we're on board for impeachment. They might consider What's turning it around, but I don't know. What is more important to your typical um, corrupt Republican? Their own—they're all gone, Karen. No, 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 they're, they're all retired. What's more important? Their own personal um, money in their pocket from you know the PACs and their being reelected, yes, or that. judges. It's their I, own personal lining of their pockets is more. Yeah, important. I think so. So when when it becomes politically fraught for them to support him individually, then they will they'll start turning. I, th I see sure. people like McConnell. I think that they are so solid in where they are that as long as he wants hmm. to be in office, he's going to be in office. I think people are going to go into their voting booth and go, "Oh, McConnell, yeah, I've been voting for him for the last eighty years. I'm going to just keep doing it." Right. I don't know that him, quote unquote, turning on Trump is going to make a difference as to whether or not he stays in office. Hmm. Wow, Jeff said uh, how they feel, themselves greater than party, greater than American public. I'm j I said wow because you put American public on the list. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do have to give votes. Yeah. But I, I, again, I think that there's a level of people who are just like, yep, McConnell, I know him. He's a Republican. I'm a Republican. Yeah. And that's the advantage of the incumbent. It's the recognized name that, you know, built that highway that's behind me, uh, you know, and, and supports the pork barrel projects that they want. Eventually, the old white men have to die off. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Matt, yeah. I, I, only another 20 years. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> what could go wrong in that time? Oh, my God. <laughs> sure, we could bounce back. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Jeff just said that the point he was trying to make is that they care about themselves more than the party. That, yeah, absolutely. I don't have any doubt in that. It's just that the party serves them very well. Right. Right. Well, every once in a while, there's been a Republican that has spoken out against Trump, and they snap back fast, hard. Mm. And I, I think it's, you know, you will have zero dollars, you will have zero support, and we will kill you in the press, including Fox News. Get back in line, or it's going to happen. But eventually, there'll be a plurality, or we'll, you know, we'll just have to wait until they get voted out, one of the two, if we can still vote in a couple of years. I I am definitely less likely to be able to vote than y'all, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But to our original point, I feel like we know enough about Trump and his base mm. and the new Republican Party that the the numbers Scaramucci are th throwing out, like, like, they can't be reached. Like, if mm. I, any, anything, like, if Trump in 2020 decided that Ivanka would be his vice president <laughs> and that Secretary of State would be Vladimir Putin, they would support him. A hundred percent would support him. Definitely would. They would Ivanka. say there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with making <laughs> a foreign dictator secretary of state. Just look at the economy. Look at the jobs. It's just soaring. Yeah. He's a hero to the common man. And this craziness would just would. There's there's Escalate. seemingly no end in sight. Mm. I mean, some of the economic indicators are not great for the moment. But they are not good. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other component of this too. I mean, if the economy tanks, one of his big arguments of his success goes away. How many people are actually better off monetarily that are you know middle class or lower? Mm. That's where most of the people are. That's where most of the people live. Yeah. All right. That's all I have on Trump. Is there anything else before I move on? Negative. Nope. Okay. So Biden, uh, and I wanted to mention this specifically because Justin Scott, Iowa atheist did get to ask Biden a question, and he asked him about whether he had, would consider uh, be willing to bring on a secular outreach director, somebody who would speak to the non-religious voters. Biden's answer was uh, pretty much what you'd expect. He started with, I'm religious. I'm not proselytizing. I'm not proselytizing. <laughs> but a lot of people are not religious. And he, you know, he does the whole political, look, I'm going to represent everyone kind of thing. But he says, I don't have a religious outreach person, nor do I have an atheistic outreach person. I have an outreach person of people who are in trouble. So one problem is the fact that he has a religious outreach director <laughs> that apparently he forgot that he had. From South Carolina, Reverend Michael McLean joined the Biden campaign two months ago. So it wasn't even that long ago. It's not like he's been <laughs> been there long enough that Biden could have forgot about it. Well, apparently he was, though. Right. Hmm. Now, the problem is, is that because he didn't know about it, he forgot about it, or he's lying about it? I don't. 
I wouldn't say that he was lying about it. I think he was. I think he just. There's so much going on in the campaign. I'm sure his campaign is is freaking Fast. huge. I sure. would just think that he he didn't, didn't think about it. Didn't it didn't come oh, to mind? He's lying about it. You think so? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he very much is lying about it. That's okay. That's that's if 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 I've reached a point where if we have to to grade or tier lying. <laughs> This is still in the acceptable lying tier. <laughs> sure. Are you gonna have are you gonna have a secular outreach guy? I wouldn't even I don't even have a I don't even have a religious outreach guy. You hundred percent do he's standing next to you. Well <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he's not a religious outreach guy. He's not just an outreach guy. He just happens to be religious. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a secular reverend. Like secular Jesus and the secular cross. Oh my god, hmm. Christians just get over it. You guys are doing fine. Just be cool. <laughs> Just be good neighbors. <laughs> All right. So in in international news, Quebec. Um, we had talked about this before. There were religious uh, they religious symbols being worn. If you work for the government, they amended their their laws and said you cannot wear religious anything if you have a governmental office posting. So, right. Uh, you're not allowed to proselytize. It prevents people from wearing any sort of relig- specific religious garments or crosses, necklaces, what have you. Hmm. There's a new bill uh, that would make, if you were going to apply for a governmental position, you would have to take a values test. Democratic values uh, as expressed by the Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms. So it would ask questions like, how do you feel about people being not served because they're LGBTQ? Or basic questions like, uh, identify which situations involve discrimination. A job is refused to a woman who is pregnant, to a person lacking the required diploma, or to a person because of their ethnic background. It's a multiple choice of you, you pick where discrimination is involved. Can you only pick one? I think there's two. Yeah. I was going to say, this is tricky already. <laughs> uh, but it, so people are saying that this is, it's uh, Islamophobic because the questions are definitely geared so that anyone following Islam would not be able to hold a governmental office. Well, it depends. I mean, do, do does Islam allow for the refusal of a pregnant woman to get a job? Yeah, that one I'm not really sure about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I wouldn't know why, but... I mean, would um, Islam prevent somebody from hiring somebody who's Jewish? Yeah, ethnic background question. I mean, it depends. If if you are... Without seeing the rest of the questions, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of examples here. But, I mean, they're they're pretty much... They're they're supposed to be in regards to discriminating against people, and uh, I I guess the argument is that well, you can't you can't have you can't force people to take this test because what if they do want to discriminate? You can't let them. I mean, I I don't know. I I am for a values test. I'm okay with it. I I don't. I guess saying I'm not for it, but I'm okay with it because you shouldn't be allowed to discriminate against people because of their ethnic background or their religion, right? Uh, especially if you work in government. Right. I mean, I think that, well, going back to the original bill, I mean, the you can't wear a turban or a hijab if you work in the public sector. I mean, teachers, bus drivers, government employees are banned from wearing religious symbols. Did we talk about that originally when it came up? I mean, is, We did. Yeah. 
Where did we come down on that? Because I'm still I'm, I'm torn by it. <laughs> I, oh, um, I came. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I can tell you I'm I'm still pro pro that that stance. I don't know if we came down on it all together. I think we discussed mm. it. Well, we went, never do. Mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is this is a, this is a gray area. But I'll tell you right now, I'm okay with it. I'm possibly even in favor of it. Yeah. I my only argument would be I don't know that a bus driver is a position of influence. <laughs> but I mean, I guess they kind of are. Get off my bus, move back, move forward, whatever. Teachers, government employees, bus drivers. I don't know, but I, it brings up. Uh, I mean, Grinch. He brought up a good point. Seek, or apparently it's pronounced six. six yeah. uh, can't wear turbans, which uh, they're pretty much required to by their religion. So that does kind of explicitly yeah, exclude. I'm them sorry, from... you picked that religion. Yeah, <laughs> I think your religion. It's not on me. Your religion has excluded you from working this job, not the other way around. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think we were all split, and Jeff was definitely on the other side. <laughs> uh, he just said that freedom, of, freedom of, of expression is a nice thing. Don't proselytize, but wearing your religious symbols should be okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, I see. I'm I'm kind of torn. Like, I think people should be able to express themselves as long as they're not proselytizing. And as long as it doesn't affect them doing their job, if they can still do their job in a completely objective manner. Meet uniform standards kind of thing. Right. Exactly. I mean, maybe it's from my uh, military background. In military background, you're not allowed to wear any jewelry whatsoever, excepting you can wear a single piece of religious, like a cross or, or whatever. But... I, to me, that's fine because it allows you to have a piece of, you know, something that reminds you of your faith with you. Now, granted, uh, atheists don't really have that, so I didn't, <laughs> I don't really mm. have anything that I, I could wear. But I don't know. I don't see that as being problematic. All right, let me let me add this. You and Jeff are not wrong. I am saying that this law is being applied evenly. Mm. So I don't find it discriminatory. Right. If the law is removed and everybody can express themselves in an equal way, I'm fine with that, too. Mm. I think that's the original point I wanted to make is this law is not Islamophobic. It is not anti-Islamic. Correct. Right. Correct. In the same way that me... Also, by correct, I mean I support that. <laughs> me, me saying that I'm okay with a woman getting abortion is not suppressing your Christian religion. Mm. Correct. I could get up over that. Okay. But yeah, I also am open to people expressing themselves freely. I don't I don't have any issue with that. But it needs to be equitable. So whether it's a, a cross around your neck or a sick turban or a sick turban, sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> or a hijab. The the rules need to be equitable. Sick turban, dude. Indeed <laughs> <laughs> it is. Interesting. Okay. All right. Maybe not the final thing, but I wanted to to talk about since we just went through Halloween. Uh, mm. Halloween. There is uh, the first thing that I have is in related to the myths. Halloween myths. One. Halloween is satanic. This is something that comes up. I grew up in a Christian household. This is something that came up in the church and was argued in my church because my family was perfectly fine with Halloween for what it was. But there were other 
families that were like, nope, it's satanic. You have to stay away from it. And I mean, there were no major arguments, but it was discussed. Hmm. Um, hmm. But at no, yeah, that's too bad. at no point is Halloween connected to Satanism. At, at no point has it been. I think yeah. maybe some Satanist people want it to be and want it to be more than it ever was. But historically, it just it's not. Historically, what is it from, actually? It was supposed to be the time of the year when there was a... a it, the pagan idea was that it was a time of the year when there was a weakness between the border of living and the dead, and the spirits could... You could talk to the spirits easier, which, again, if you're... Which, I was going to say, which is still celebrated in Mexico and yes. mm. I'm sure lots of, of uh, similar cultures in that exact way. Makes sense. All right, so but but that's why some Christians are up in arms against it because it comes from a pagan root. Yes, and yeah, it absolutely does. But that existed way before the idea of Satan, so mm. it it was not from a a, a satanistic idea. Uh, the tainted tainted candy, whether it be mm. razors <laughs> or needles legend. or whatever it be, a poison mm, in, razor blade app, yes, in, in candy. <laughs> Uh, this is essentially an urban legend. There have been two confirmed cases of kids being poisoned by Halloween candy. And in both cases, it was not a random act, but an intentional murder by one of their parents. Wow. <laughs> so that's kind of a little more disturbing. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, and I love that, though, that it's like unshakable propaganda. Mm. Yeah. Like, this year, everybody's like, be careful. What if someone is giving out CBD gummies? I was like, because they're expensive. No one is going to do that. Also, like, I don't think you know how those work. And even if they did work the way you think they work, you wouldn't get – you're not going to be around to see the kid eat them and enjoy the aftermath. (laughs) Like, what a fruitless, fruitless prank. Expensive. Yeah. yeah, it's super expensive. Relatively harmless. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, the next two are very much related. <laughs> Halloween terrorists and sex offenders on Halloween. <laughs> there are no reports. There are no legitimate reports of sex offenders pa- patrolling for kids or trying to pick kids off who are trick-or-treating. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then there was a rumor about terrorists. The FBI... St- Cleared it up and said, no, no, no. So there was a, a basically a rumor that there had been a guy who paid, who bought up $35,000 worth of candy and I don't know, was, was poisoning it all. So it's kind of related to the poison thing. Turns out that there was a company that bought $15,000 worth of candy, but it was to resell it. They wanted to make a profit on the candy <laughs> distribution before <laughs> Halloween. It was not uh, any sort of right. terroristic plan. They just had brown skin, <laughs> so they were suspect. Well, or it was just misinformation. Someone bought $35,000 worth of candy, and that turned out to be the exact cost of three Toblerone bars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were just really snacky. And as it turns out, most of the most of the different incidents with poisoning or things in the candy, it, it was mostly kids trying to get attention. Sure. Put, putting it in sure. after the fact. The next thing that I have on the Smithsonian.com, I thought it was, it's kind of related to Halloween. It's five scientific, the five most common scientific explanations for spooky sensations. So 
apparently there, there's several different, if you think that things are haunted or whatever, there's several different reasons for this. One of them being fear frequency. There was a story about, uh, so you can only hear down to like about 20 hertz, but you can still feel and subconsciously respond to frequencies that are lower. So there was uh, a, a, a lab that appeared to be haunted. Uh, they People had distress, cold shivers up and down their spines, uh, seeing dark blobs in the corners of their eyes. And apparently there was a... Uh, there was a fan creating sound waves around 19 hertz that can, that actually caused the human eyeball to vibrate and see mm. optical illusions, and it made them feel distressed and have these shivers because it was this sound that their body was, you know, interpreting, but even though they couldn't hear it. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, um, another one is electromagnetic fields. Uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, it's caused hallucinations. Uh, people who have haunted houses, sometimes there's a carbon monoxide issue. Uh, people aren't there. It's not so bad that you're going to, you know, die from it, but you can start hallucinating and having, uh, you know, weird experiences. Hmm. Well, this one kind of got me sleep paralysis. People talk about waking up but not being able to move and seeing things. So apparently this is a diagnosed thing when you sleep yeah. you have dreams right and they're sometimes they can be very vivid but generally you still just lay there your body doesn't react to all of the sensory stuff that is going on in your brain and it's there's a disconnect when you go to sleep there's like a disconnect that that, that keeps your body from flailing about as you <laughs> react to these things going on in your head and sometimes people if they uh, don't get enough sleep or I don't know, there's several different causes for it. Um, they wake up, they become aware of their actual surroundings, but that disconnect is still in place. So they feel like they're completely paralyzed and can't move for up to like two minutes. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But there's an <laughs> actual explanation for it in that you're, it's, it's your body protecting itself from the things that you're dreaming. Sure. Well, it, it, I think there's also a kind of a, a counter disorder, which is the people that the sleep paralysis doesn't always work, so they act out their dreams. Yes. So that that would that would be inconvenient to have a partner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it also explains the hallucinations because mm. if you're not sleeping in a you know in a good way, you can your brain can actually keep firing these dream sequences when your eyes are open. Mm. Which God, that would be disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's basically what a hallucination is. It's dreaming while awake. <laughs> and then the last one is power of suggestion. Uh, the fact that if you're in a room with naysayers and skeptics, uh, you will probably not fall for tricks or not think that there are ghosts. But if you have, if you're around people who confidently assert that they believe in things, you're more likely to think that you saw something out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, Groupthink is a powerful thing. You get a group of people in a room, you know, going in the same direction. You can convince them of the wackiest things. Yeah. I like to break up groupthink. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Little Halloween things that I thought were interesting. The, hmm. the final thing that I have, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Kanye. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> He's a stable genius. I got to do that thing again where I have quotes from Kanye and Trump and you have to decide which one is which. 
Oh my god, that guy! This guy is probably the greatest music producer who's ever lived. But continue. <laughs> he said, uh, "When was this last week?" Uh, I'm not really sure. It might have been the week before. He said, God is using me as a human being to show off. Last year, I made $115 million and still ended up $35 million in debt. This year, I looked up and I just got $68 million returned to me in my tax returns. People are saying, oh, don't talk about these numbers. People need to hear that someone that has been put into debt by the system talk about how these kind of numbers now that they are in service to Christ. So he believes that because he is now in service to Christ, he got $68 million returned to him in his tax returns. So he's a prosperity gospelist now? Yes. Very close to it. And uh, apparently it, hasn't been paying attention to the Trump tax cuts. I, right. At least he sells you music instead of just platitudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much money. <more. laughs> that guy is a monster. Yeah. I made $115 million and ended up $35 million in debt. I wonder how they ended up. Just just ended up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you just need a budget. Not Christ. Uh, yeah, that'd be so fun. I just really overspent. I accidentally <laughs> spent $150 million last year. Uh, wow. Why did I buy an 11th compound in Calabasas? <laughs> uh, Interesting. That guy's a turd. <laughs> All right. I was also going to talk about vaccinations, but I'm going to save that for next time because I think it's important that Jared jumps in on the one story. So <laughs> okay. I, think, <laughs> that's I think that's all I got this week. Does anybody have anything else? Uh, negative. I feel satisfied. I don't have anything, but uh, it does say that the Kentucky governor's race is AP is saying it's too too close to call. Yeah, I've been watching CNN. It still says that they they still haven't declared anybody. Hmm. But so, Huffington Post, Huffington Post has declared that the Democrats have taken over both chambers of the Virginia legislature. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a really good thing. Yeah. See that 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 I I could get on board for. I I, I love that. I really want to – I'm going to try to make a conscious effort by next show to try to be a more glass half full kind of guy. Because <laughs> I, I just find it so still disheartening that like the the, the, the level of criminality <clears throat> that is occurring in the White House and the current administration and with the Republican Party is vast to a degree that I can barely wrap my head around. And the Democrats are – Maybe barely winning by a thousand votes in Kentucky? Are you kidding? What do you need? Yeah. What more do you need? We are totally going to end up with dictator Trump. Yeah. Oh, the American people are the worst <laughs> people on the planet. They, 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 they watch reality TV shows and they don't watch the news. And that's why. That's one thing I wanted to bring up earlier, but we kind of got sidetracked. Was when people are talking about um, the impeachment like the, the same way they talked about it with uh with nixon and and um clinton as if people are going to sit around in daytime tv and watch cnet that's not going to happen right people are not going to watch this they're going to get their news from uh. the same source they currently get it from and it doesn't matter if um you have the greatest case in the world most people will get their news where they currently get their news from and they will not be swayed and Trump especially knows this. That's why he's telling the Republicans, yeah, go out in there and, and lie for me. Just right. make stuff yeah. up. It doesn't matter. It's cool. Yeah. People are not Monsters. going to watch this live on CNET. 
It's not going to happen. A few will, but not in the numbers that we've had in the past. You can't use our previous impeachments as a as a template for how this is right. going to go. This is clearly a different thing. People clearly, intentionally, willfully, or just because they're dumb, do they don't even understand what – like so few people understand what an impeachment sure. is. I mean every level of this – People are confused. They are confused from the word whistleblower up into the word like treason. They're like, I don't, I don't know, impeachment. He's my president. You can't, you can't take that away. Mm. No one's trying to take that away. <laughs> All we're saying is he is committing crimes. Please look at these crimes that he is committing, and let's decide if he should be allowed to continue to commit more crimes. Right. You're drinking the Kool Aid. <sighs> I can't listen to you. <laughs> Oh, is lower sugar than pop. It's okay for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's all we're going to have for this week. Okay. Do it, Doug. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank our patrons again for supporting the podcast, and uh, especially for you guys who could join us tonight, Grinch and Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, But I do, uh, we do appreciate all the people who have signed up on the Patreon page, even if you can't join us on Tuesday nights. Still, uh, we, you, you help offset the costs of creating the show, so really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, you could support us, Patreon page, or you could share the podcast on social media, leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you happen to listen. Um, again, you can contact us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash profanearg, or tweet at profanearg. Uh, I'd also like to mention the other shows on our soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com. It is a group of kind of like-minded people put together different podcasts. There's a whole bunch, apparently a ton of wrestling podcasts, comic book podcasts, and some video games. And uh, I don't even know where you'd put Prodigal Sons. Not that it's you're still doing it, but, you know, there's archive there. So check them all out. Again, thank you for listening, and until next time. I'm Ray. I'm Karen. This is Ian. And man, I miss Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you.